Hello and welcome to the Teach Strong Talks podcast. My name's Sam Hart. I'm a primary school teacher on a mission to help school staff discover truly effective approaches to well-being. And this show is all about tapping into the knowledge and experience of real experts who can break down the research and the tools that we can apply to our everyday lives to feel happier and healthier. Joining me for a slightly different episode today is Toria Bono. Toria is a primary school teacher, a coach, and the founder of the Tiny Voice Talks community and podcast. Through the community she's created on Twitter and her podcast, she is raising the voices of all of those in education, giving more educators the chance to share their thoughts on the biggest topics in schools today. And today's conversation is a bit of a two-parter. For one part, I want to find out more about why Toria founded Tiny Voice Talks and the impact she sees it having every day. We know that community is a vital aspect of health and happiness, and so for people to have this support network has been so positive for them, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about it from Toria herself. For the other part of the show, we're going to talk about some of the differences Toria has noticed since she introduced some changes to her lifestyle. She's recently made some adjustments to her approach to sleep and nutrition and has been feeling the benefits. So I want to find out more in the hope that it might inspire others to make some positive changes too. Okay, enjoy the episode. So hello, Toria. Welcome to the Teach Strong Talks podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I really am. And it's so it's so lovely because being on the other side of the mic and um, yeah, after you came on Tiny Voice Talks, I really wanted to return and talk to you on Teach Strong about changes I've made actually on the back of what we talked about. Yeah. And I was, I was really pleased when you agreed to come on the show and kind of suggested talking about some of these changes that you've made and the mm. impact it's had. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to this conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Um, why don't we start with, well, for those of you know, l- listeners that perhaps don't know you, maybe you could give your, yourself a bit of an introduction. Um, who are you? What do you do? And what's kind of like a, a normal week look like for you at the moment? Okay, so I am Toria Bono. I'm at Toria Claire on Twitter, which is how a lot of people know me actually mm. now. Um, so by day, I am a class teacher, year four class teacher in a very large junior school on the South Coast with so sixth form intake. Um, and over the last 21 years in education, I have taught um, across the primary sector, although I was secondary trained. Um, and I've done all sorts of different roles. And a couple of years ago, I um, made the decision to return to teaching full time in the classroom, which I absolutely love because I love, I was in leadership and I really missed that connection with the children. Um, that I get. I absolutely love it. So yeah, so by day, um, so from you'll find me from 7.30 to 5.30, you'll find me in school <laughs> on Monday to Friday, um, teaching and so on. I'm also, um, currently I'm an evidence lead educator for a local research school, so I do training with that. And um, my role in school is equity, diversity, representation lead, um, yeah, and I, I do various different things. I'm also training to be a coach. So I officially qualify next year, but I'm in the middle of a, it's actually a coaching diploma tied with 
an apprenticeship in coaching and mentoring. Um, it's a lot more work than I first assumed. Um, so I actually sort of do, yeah, it's it's rather like six days a week I'm working in a sense, because I'm also um, getting my coaching hours up, but I absolutely love coaching. I adore it. Um, so yeah, so I coach um, four, at the moment I'm coaching four people a week, as well as doing all the peer group work, as well as doing all my assignment work. So I do that. And then <laughs> I do, <laughs> then once all of that stuff's done, um, I'm more well known for my tiny voice talks on Twitter, um, which I set up a couple of years ago. And then the podcast, I do tiny voice talks where I celebrate the quieter voices in education. Um, and then you add to that husband, daughter, dog, two cats, and all of the other stuff. And I really, really try and as much as possible be available for them at the weekend. So I sort of managed to juggle so many things. Um, yeah, it's bizarre actually, but that's sort of me. That's how my week looks. A very <laughs> eclectic mix of lots of stuff and being very busy all the time. Absolutely. A very varied schedule, which keeps yeah. it interesting, I suppose, doesn't it? Do you know what? I love <laughs> my life because it does. I, I'm able to do all the things I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm never bored. That's always good. Well, my mum my always said only boring people get bored. So yes. You, you must not be boring as well. That must be another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, I... I, I mean, we want. I want to come to the the Tiny Voice Talks community, mm. um, and I want to hear more about that and kind of the a bit of the background and what inspired you and and what's next because I think maybe some listeners will be interested to hear about what's next. Uh, you know, in, in your in the the path of Tiny Voice Talks, <laughs> but um, we've talked a little bit about splitting into this splitting this conversation into two parts, haven't we? The, yeah. The one part, as you mentioned, the first part that we could talk about is. The fact that I came onto your podcast, you very kindly invited me on and we had a lovely little chat about health and happiness and kind of uh, the daily tools that we can um, apply to our lives to, to help us feel a little healthier and a little happier. Um, and then you message, I think it was about um, a month ago, I think maybe perhaps when the episode was published, you shared a few yeah. tweets and you said, um, I mean, you know, it was lovely to see that you said oh, I've been feeling so much better since my conversation mm. with Sam obviously my ego grew a little bit <laughs> at that point <laughs> no but it was great because that is what um that is my, my mission I suppose that is what mm. I want to do help help people on their kind of journey to health and happiness so it was really nice to see but that's the idea of part of this conversation is to yeah dive into that a little bit more well as this busy teacher and mum and wife and coach and podcast host all these different things that you're doing but you made a few changes since our conversation didn't you and mm. you've you've noticed some positive effects so I would love to hear more about it I'm hoping that the listeners would love to hear more about it as well so what did you what did you change up what did you add what did you take away um and what uh, what effect did it have? <laughs> That's a bit of a broad question, isn't it? So okay, if you want to well, narrow it down a bit, go for it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So um, what's important to know is that I was diagnosed a few years ago with um, it's cutaneous and systemic mastocystosis, which means on a daily basis, I'm never going to feel super great. Mm. But 
the way that I think I was somewhat managing the mastocystosis and not feeling great was by shoveling in a load of stuff to my system to to make me f- keep going. Or if I go back to say Christmas time, um, you know, I was regularly drinking wine. I was having shed loads of caffeine, like immense amounts of caffeine. And most of my diet was very um, meat-based. So Mm. one of the difficulties I have with my mastocystosis is digestion. Mm. So my theory was, let's just eat like chunks of meat I mean, and, and, you know, th- th- that will keep me going. You know, I was thinking iron, let's get loads of iron in there. So I wasn't eating or drinking in a way that was necessarily good for my system. And around, so I decided, um, actually, I, th- I thought, you know, I'm going to do the, the whole dry January thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, I'll give up alcohol. And I actually felt immensely better because, you know, I found that, I mean, alcohol and mastocystosis don't go together terribly well. As soon as I gave that up, I started feeling better. And I thought, God, you know, I want a little bit more of this, actually. If I'm feeling better giving that up, I wonder what else I can actually shift and change. And that's when I interviewed you. And you began to talk about the effects that things that we put into our body can really have on our nervous systems, like, for example, caffeine, sugar, and so on. And I remember talking to you about the fact, you know, I was having lots of caffeine and then um, and then I'd be sort of snacking on biscuits throughout in school just to keep myself going. It's that sort of keeping myself going. And when I, I'd been toying with the idea, so I'd also been Googling a lot on, you know, what to eat with mastocystosis and, and you know, I, I'd been looking at this low histamine diets and I discovered that actually, you know, steak and meat well, it wasn't great from the point of view of histamine. And I had you on and I thought, Do you know what, I'm just going to give a bit of a plant-based diet a whirl. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to have a go. And you, ta- you taught me about these overnight oats. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to try these overnight oats with oat milk. <laughs> and I really liked them. And I began to change my diet so it's much more plant-based. <sighs> and for anyone out there that's considering going plant-based, oh, my goodness, the options are so varied. I was really shocked. I was like, oh my God, actually it's not hard anymore. Because, you know, I I originally was vegetarian at the age of 11. And I remember my mother, you know, died a death because for anyone that's listening, you know, I'm now 50. So being vegetarian at the age of 11 back then, no one was vegetarian. And my mother wasn't sure what to feed me. And I think I still had that in my head, Sam, the fact that being vegetarian, being vegan, there's limited selection. What I discovered is it's not limited at all and that you can actually really feed yourself well. I also at the same time gave up caffeine. And so I shifted my entire diet to one that was alcohol-free, caffeine-free and plant-based. And I would love to say to you that I feel 100% better. But with my mastocystosis, I'm not going to. But what I do feel is significantly more well. You know, wellness is consuming me, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. 
And, you know, it's it's what's interesting is I've always, with the mastocystosis, I said I have a real problem with digestion. Mm. That has really reduced. And, and I do believe that's down to what I'm consuming and what I'm not consuming. Mm. Mm. Well, fantastic. It's, it's great to hear. The first well, one of the points you made about the, the variety of that's available. And, yeah, that's mm. a common... A common concern, I suppose, um, yeah. with people that are thinking about shifting to a plant-based diet. Oh, there's just, there's not enough options. And it's kind of like, well, y- you try it and you just, your eyes are opened up, aren't they, to the world of all this different variety of, of whole grains and seeds and nuts and all the different vegetables and all the different fruits. Like, I just eat so much variety all day, all week that mm. that's, that's kind of, you know, that, that, um, concern was quickly ticked off and I didn't have to worry about it I think maybe when we talked we talked about the um kind of a a roller coaster of energy that like you said you're constantly snacking on things to keep your energy levels up there and I think lots of people listening might be able to um, empathize with that feeling that you feel shattered so you have maybe some chocolate or a biscuit or something and that gives you a little perk but Mm. inevitably we then crash down again don't we so sugar crashes and so more of these whole food plant-based ingredients with lots of fiber will just release the energy slowly and you'll feel more full throughout the day. I don't know, is, is that what you've experienced as well, that you kind of, you're not reaching for those sugary treats as much? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I would say that I'm now eating um, probably less frequently mm. and feeling fuller for longer, which is also really good from my digestion point of view because mm-hmm. my body's not having to deal with the digestion as many times, which was an issue because my body's like, every time I was putting something into it, oh, good God, you're not doing this again to us. Yeah. And actually now I'm eating um, it's stuff that is sustaining me for longer and making me feel healthier and better. And I'm not sort of going, oh God, I need another sugar fix now. What shall Mm -hmm. I get? I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, I have discovered vegan chocolate and I have (laughs) discovered vegan biscuits and they are lush. They really are. But what I'm not doing is reaching for them every two seconds to get me through the next bit of the day. And that was the big issue because I could actually feel my energy go down. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what, what we talked about in, um, on my podcast was the fact that all too often in staff rooms, we do have biscuits, we do have cakes. It's always someone's birthday. And it's very easy to just reach for that thing, you know, that fix and then need another fix a little bit long, uh, you know, a little bit later because of that sugar need. And actually I haven't felt that as much, you know, because, because of my mastocystosis, I can't eat raw fruit easily. So uh-huh. I can't reach for an apple and so on. And I think that's why I was reaching for things like biscuits, because it was, you know, it was easier to digest them. But actually, you know, being fuller for longer works really, really well. And I just have to give Aldi a bit of a shout out here because Aldi's plant food selection is immense. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's any, that was my other concern. My other concern was, well, how expensive is it going to be to shift? You know, and it's not, it no. really isn't. Aldi, amazing, really yeah. good. 
Oh, you yeah. know, shout out to Aldi for sure. That's where I do my weekly shop as well. Yeah, no, you're amazing. right. The, the, these, and of course, it can be expensive if, if you go for those um, branded products or or the yeah. vegan labelled products and all of those kind of more processed, maybe meat substitutes or or mm. kind of sugary treat substitutes that are just the vegan version. Of course, that can quickly add up, but. We're talking about a whole food plant-based diet, mostly, aren't we? Of course, we. Yeah. you enjoy a treat and I enjoy a treat. I enjoyed my Easter weekend just as much as everyone with plenty of chocolate and, and biscuits and things, and that's fine. But if we're centering our diet around mostly those whole food plant-based things like whole grains and beans, fruits, vegetables, these can be the cheapest ingredients out there. So that's another kind of myth that we need to bat away. It's not more expensive and actually people that change up their diet slightly if you if you shop for the right things and you'll actually slash your food bill and your carbon footprint yeah. as well which is a bonus too <laughs> but, and the other thing I just want to say that I haven't yeah. done was I didn't make a big thing of it Sam I didn't right, sort okay. of go around to everyone and didn't go oh, guess what I've given up caffeine. <laughs> guess what I've, I've gone vegan guess what I've given up alcohol because actually I didn't want that pressure being put on me and I don't know about you but I often feel external pressure so I worry about what the rest of the world will say if I then don't achieve it. Um, or if, you know, I have that egg you know, during the Easter weekend. Oh, well, I thought you were vegan. Um, but actually not sharing it has given me a real, a real sense of peace in that I'm just doing yeah. it for me. I'm not yeah. doing it for anyone else. I'm just doing it for me and I'm doing it for my health because I have to prioritize my health. Mm. No, it's an important point. As with everything, yeah, where is the motivation coming yeah. from? Is it external or is it internal? We know that we'll be much more, it will be much more sustainable, won't it, if it's just an internal thing that you have decided that you mm. want to do, or at least give a go. And you make a really good point about the the kind of the black and whiteness of it as well. Like it doesn't have to be yeah. all or nothing, does it? It's kind of like we all need to adapt and be flexible with so many different areas of our life. And Yes, we can say, right, this is who I am. I'm just sticking to this, but that's can, it can backfire, can't it? So I think, and, and I'm the same as well. I, I have the same viewpoint. Yes, I eat a certain way. Mm. Yes, I like certain types of exercise and try to buy products that are maybe as eco-friendly as possible. But sometimes yeah. we just, it just doesn't work out, does it? And you need a bit of convenience in your life or you do need the cheaper product that month. And, and that's absolutely fine. I think we need to stop beating ourselves up for, for not being this absolutely perfect saint that, you know, is Sometimes we uh, we move two what is it two steps forward one step back and that's absolutely fine absolutely <laughs> and as I say you know that whole thing about you know in when I was younger I always felt that I was you know like I, I would wear t shirts like vegetarian forever or whatever you know right, sort of, yeah. and actually that was for the external you know it was mm. for the external people you know look at what I'm doing everyone but actually now it is it's just an internal job and I think that's it's so important for people to do what's right for them and this yeah. has been what's right for me yeah exactly and the what I loved was that you just tried it didn't you, you yeah you, know, you made no bones about that you just said right I'm going to try it I'm going to give it a go and see what happens and that's exactly what I did as well I yeah. I'd read a few things I'd spoken to a couple of people watched a few documentaries and thought well I'm just going to give it a go for two weeks and I felt a lot a lot better after yeah. those two weeks so I thought well I'll keep it up and, and kind of the rest is history but 
that's what I would just encourage anyone just to give it a go. Of course, under some kind of, you know, do you do a bit of research? We've all got that responsibility, haven't we, to find out a bit of information about some of these key nutrients and, you know, are we eating enough and all, all these different things. But just give it a go. Give it a go and see what happens. Well, <laughs> You made a good point on my podcast, which is you said something along the lines of, you know, just um, it, make sure you're, it's balanced and so on. So I, mm. I actually went into one of the sort of the leading health food shops and basically said to them, look, I'm, if I am vegan, what may I, what might I be missing out on? And they told me about B12 and I B12, then got yeah. a vegan multivitamin, et cetera, because I, I thought I, I don't, I don't want to become ill eating like this mm. but actually you know and that sounds bizarre you know I, I was eating like that to try and become more healthy but I was aware of those nutrients that I might be missing out on and actually got the b12 got the the vegan supplement and actually haven't felt um you know haven't felt sort of worse on it at all I, I felt so much better on it yeah yeah and that's a really good time to to bring up this really important point that of course do all of these things under supervision you know like you said you mm. you mentioned that you wanted to to manage a condition that you had and so of course if you're thinking about changing up your diet just change up your medication then of course you've got to speak to your doctor haven't you or the healthcare professional and say like look this is what I'm thinking about doing um and yeah make sure that they that they know that you're what you any changes that you're making and then those key nutrients that you that, that you mentioned absolutely and i take a a supplement from the vegan society that's called yeah i think it's called veg one veg one mm. um and that kind of covers all the bases um and i think probably a few years ago i would have thought well if i have to take a supplement then that means that my diet must be lacking but then yeah. you, you dive into it a bit more and you realize well that's it's kind of more complicated than that well not more complicated but it's just mm. That's that's not the case because so much of our lives are supplemented, aren't they? <laughs> not just in the food world, but actually in the food world, our our yeah. bread has things added to it, our cereal has things added to it, our our milk has things added to it. So it's not like most people walking around aren't supplementing anyway. And so it's no kind of um, it, it it doesn't take away from the value or the power of this diet a plant-based diet the fact that I have to take a supplement at all <laughs> no and it was interesting what you said there about doctor you know I actually saw my consultant last last month yeah March mm. and my consultant was saying you know uh, you know you are on a low histamine diet aren't you and I said actually I'm eating plant-based and they were really pleased you know oh yeah that's right. great and I thought oh that that's I sort of hadn't expected such a positive response I don't know right. why I hadn't but my consultant was like, that's, that's fantastic. Mm. And I thought, wow, how, how things have changed, Sam, yeah. from many years ago where, you know, if you said you're vegan, people go, oh my God, you know, that's a bit weird and you'll be lacking in all of these things. And as you say, it's, you know, yeah, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and I think we are seeing a big um, change in perspective amongst healthcare professionals as well yeah. and in the medical profession. You know, Teach Strong, we've linked up with a um, a group called the Plant-Based Health Professionals UK. And this is a group Brilliant. of doctors, nutritionists. Um, and so, you know, lots of the things that I put out there um, is based on a lot of what they're sharing. And this is yeah. what these doctors are talking about. Look, we can be healthy and thrive um, 
when we're filling up our plates with vegetables and fruits and whole grains and nuts and, and seeds and all these things. Um, and then the other point is, is the huge impact that it can have on the planet as well, that shifting yes. our diets. This is it's coming out more and more, isn't it? It's in the media, it's in documentaries. And this, again, it's not about everyone being perfect, but if we just move a little bit more in this way, we could really be doing our bit to be more sustainable and look after our planet, which is one of the biggest issues that we are facing at the moment, isn't it? And I know that we get distracted by other little celebrity stories in the news, but actually climate change is the thing that everyone should be arguing about on Twitter, not so much yeah. which celebrity hit the other celebrity. But anyway. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, anyway. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about um, food. Um, we also chatted about sleep as well. And I think, um, did you make any changes in, in that area? I think those were the two main topics we talked about, yeah. nutrition and sleep. So, so yeah, I, The things you said to me, were really interesting. So you mentioned about temperature. Now that sounds mm. bizarre to any anyone that hasn't <laughs> heard the podcast. Um, it was you said that we need our body needs to cool down in when we're going to sleep. And I thought, mm. oh my God, that makes so much sense. So actually, weirdly, and this is linked to the energy prices, um, I've I now no longer have the radiator blasting out in my room at nighttime, which sounds, you know, most people don't, but I, I was very much someone that liked my bedroom to be really, really unbelievably warm. Mm. And I've discovered that actually turning the heating off has allowed me to sleep so much better. You also said not to um, be sort of on, on your screen first thing, you know, last thing at night, which mm you know, near kills me because I do like <laughs> being on the screen. Um, but actually, again, just doing that has allowed my brain to slow down. And what I've found is I'm going to sleep really quickly and that I'm staying asleep right the way through. And then I'm waking up at, weirdly, I'm now sort of it, regulating it. So my body seems to be going to sleep at the same time, waking up at the same time. And it's just those small changes. But where I was waking up lots in the middle of the night, mm. I'm no longer waking waking up in the middle of the night. And it's, yeah, just really interesting things. And you talked about mindfulness, calming our brain down, but I haven't, I've, I think my brain hits the, you know, my head hits the pillow and then my brain just goes, and now stop. So I haven't necessarily needed that, but I really, that thing about heat, genius information. Yeah, and, and it's true. And I I felt the same when I first made that change as well. It's like, yeah. oh, right, okay. And it's kind of, it sounds a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'm, it's, I'm going to bed. I want to be really warm and snuggled yeah. up. But like you said, if we keep our body temperature high and we're just roasting in the middle of the night, like, I mean, everyone that's been to a hot country in the summer can knows what that's like don't they how, mm. how hard it is to sleep when you're boiling all, all through the night but like you said if you turn off the radio and no heating in the room maybe even have the window slightly open and mm. then because you can always just have layers on and have a nice cozy quilt but the idea is the fact that if it's not hot in your room you can kind of take off the quilt and stick an arm out a leg out and then that kind of you know the, the heat will go from you and and you can cool down and and that's the way to stay in bed Stay in bed, stay asleep, um, and then of the no screens one. That's that's a big one, um, and lots of people do that and then go, oh wow, yes, I, I fell fell asleep so much more easily mm. last night because I wasn't watching the news um, right up until my head hit the pillow. But that's kind of the just the environment and the the expectation that we've 
um, that, that's around now. It's it's quite strange, isn't it? But I, I do just think it's some when someone says it to you and we kind of get that click of consciousness. Oh yeah, maybe that's not actually the, the a natural way to go to bed looking at BBC News right before I fall yeah. asleep. Um, maybe I should be doing something else. And yeah, just these little little changes. And like we've talked about with food. Not beating yourself up, though, if maybe you do take your tablet into the, the bedroom one night or something like that, and, and that's absolutely fine. Like, sometimes I'll take my laptop into bed and watch a bit of Netflix, and, like, you know, I try not to make a habit of it, but sometimes you just feel like it, and, and that's absolutely mm. fine. So just being flexible and not beating yourself up is a, another really important point. And just one other thing that you mentioned about that you that kind of you've got a, root, a, a better routine, is that right? Yes. Kind of, yeah. And I think that's so important as well. And that's something I've really tried to do. Go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time every day. And it's kind of that way your, your body's just getting into that rhythm, isn't it? And, and it means it's so much more easy to fall asleep at night because you're just expecting it. And it's hard because it, at the weekend you might want to lie in or stay up late and that can mm. kind of disrupt things and push things back a, an hour or so and, and that's fine as well but um yeah I do think routine is is key as well <laughs> it really is and it's really helped actually I think mm. it's significantly helped and I've got to say over the these Easter holidays I am going to sleep later and waking up later yeah. but it's still the same sort of routine if that makes sense so I've sort yeah. of shifted shifted it by an hour or so but actually, it's just having that routine. It's mm -hmm. really important. And my body seems to really appreciate knowing when it's going to drop off and knowing when it's going to wake up again. Yeah, and that's exactly it, isn't it? When it knows it's got about, it should be getting ready for bed, it just, yeah. it's so much easier to fall asleep. And I think that can just be such a welcome change for many people. Um, mm. like that they get into bed and they fall asleep because how many of us, me included, have gone through periods where you get into bed and stare at the ceiling for an hour or two and it's just, it's horrible. It's not a nice feeling at all. But this routine, that that's what can really help. And I've seen a lot about the the way to kind of break the routine. If you are in a routine of going to bed really late and not re and kind of struggling to sleep, that that you might have one really bad day if you just wake up early just wake up at 5 30 or 6 and stay up that whole yeah. day and that's the way to kind of break that cycle and get into the new kind of the new sleeping pattern that you want to do so it can be tough mm. but um it's worth it isn't it to get into a good routine Sleep right it's so important sorry yeah no absolutely it's the foundation of health isn't it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> We need to celebrate it a bit more. We kind of, we take photos of, well, this is what I always say, that we will take photos of us at the gym or we'll take photos of our really nice, healthy salad, but no one's really talking, sharing and bragging about the fact that, oh, I got eight hours sleep last night. Yeah, I slept really well. <laughs> because people don't do that. If people just share no, I, how awfully they slept and how tired they are. That's what I hear in school all the time. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And of course, I empathize with those people. I feel compassionate. I want them to yeah. sleep better. <laughs> well, I remember saying to you that, you know, I, it just felt like a waste of time sleeping. You know, there was so much to do in my life, you know, yeah. that actually, but it's not because I feel that I can function much, much better once I've had a decent sleep. Like yeah. today, talking to you, I feel awake. I feel alert. You know, I'm not feeling tired, mm. Um, mm. which is great. 
Yeah, and that's how we should all be living, isn't it? And just look at professional sports stars and the people in the, the absolute highest levels of, of business yeah. and they all prioritise prioritize their sleep because they know it's the most important thing that will make them, as you say, function as efficiently as possible. And it just means that you're you're showing up as the best ber- version of yourself, aren't you? So come on, listeners, prioritise sleep. We are in this together. It's all about sleep. <laughs> Great. Well, um, I don't know if there's any, you, you've, you've offered lots of great tips and spoken from, from your experience about the, what you've changed up, but I don't know, is there any little um, things that you'd like to share around those two areas? You mentioned overnight oats. That's a great example. That's a, a, a little tip that people, if they're, if they're having sugary cereal at the moment, maybe try those overnight oats and you might notice the difference. But is there any other little pit? Um, little piece of advice you'd offer. Silly piece of advice. So if (laughs) you are like me and you are super busy, um, which I think most of your listeners will be, then actually sometimes if you just cook in bulk and then you actually freeze, and I'm not talking about cooking a whole meal in bulk, but if actually you cook up a load of vegetables in bulk and then bag up um, vegetables and freeze them, bag up your grains. So actually cook up grains, bag them up, freeze them. So actually then all you need to do is take out your vegetables, your grain, your protein, and then actually it will have defrosted by lunchtime and then you can quickly mic it and you're done. Um, and that for me is just absolutely vital. The fact that I need it, you know, if I don't do that, then there's always that, oh, you know, it's so much easier to grab X, Y, Z. But if I've done that, then it's easy to stick with eating in a healthy way Mm. that I'm doing. Um, Yeah, and I do think, you know, it's worthwhile if you are considering going plant-based, do have a couple of those just ready plant-based meals in your freezer as well for those days where you just cannot be bothered to do absolutely anything, but you want to remain plant-based. Um, so I think, yeah. And also from my point of view as well, coffee is vital to life as we know it. (laughs) So I have to make sure that I've got, you know, a couple of decafs in the cupboard Mm -hmm. because otherwise what happens is when I wake up and I want my coffee, I will have caffeinated. And I know as soon as I have caffeine, it really messes up my system instantly. Mm. Um, So I just, I think just making sure that you're prepared, if that makes sense, just making sure that, you know, you've got your things ready for those days where you do feel tired and you just want, you know, you don't necessarily want to make an effort to cook. Yeah. And that's understandable, like you said, as 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 busy as people that work in schools are, mm. that's completely understandable. And I think those are, are fantastic tips. Um, it takes a bit of work at the start, doesn't it, to to yeah. be that prepared? But it's one of those things that the the interest will just pay off if you just put in that a bit of time. It will pay off um, in dividends. And like you said, cooking in bulk—that's exactly what I do. And and I've kind of changed up the way I've eaten in the fact that perhaps for lunch I would normally take I used to take a salad but now I will cook up a big meal maybe on a Sunday night yeah and so it might be a big curry with rice or it might be a big pasta and sauce dish something like that make three four portions and then 
put it in containers and that will be my lunch. And that sounds kind of like a bigger lunch and it's a bigger lunch than I'm used to. And sometimes I can't quite finish it and it does mm. sit quite heavy. And, you know, and that takes a bit of getting used to. But like you said, the fact that I know it's there in the morning. So now I've got my overnight oats and I've got my um, leftovers. And so I don't have to do anything in the morning in terms of food. I just grab those things few pieces of fruit and, and I'm away. <laughs> yeah. And then what you said about coffee, that's re- re- really interesting. People have such different reactions to coffee, don't they? Like I can drink three or four caffeinated coffees in a yeah. day and, and, and will feel okay most of the time. Sometimes if I go to a cafe, um, I feel like it's much stronger there. And so it can get mm. me a little bit jittery and I know I've had too much, but normally three or four. But you're, you're so right that some people that would be way too much. Some people, it might not, not be enough, but yeah. coffee is um, is a health-promoting drink. It's, it's a good drink. It's kind of had a, um, a bit of a bad reputation, but actually I believe that kind of the latest research around it is three or four cup, cups of coffee is really good for us. Mm. So um, if you need to adjust and, and go between caffeinated and uncaffeinated versions, then that's absolutely fine. Brilliant. So loads of tips from you there. Thank you so much. And like you said about the sleep, the, the cooler room and a couple of other things. I can't remember what else you mentioned now in terms of sleep. Your routine, of course. Yeah. So those are big, big takeaways that people maybe could apply from this conversation. So thank you so much for sharing. It's go- so good to hear that um, it made a difference and it continues to make a difference. And let's keep chatting about those aspects. If you've got any questions and, and I'll come to you as well with some of your recipes. I want to know what you're cooking and maybe I can steal <laughs> some of your recipes, what's going down well in, the, in your household. <laughs> Absolutely. Great, great. So that was the first part of the conversation, I suppose, if we're going to have two parts of this mm. conversation. And the second part is that I want to hear more about the Tiny Voice, Voice Talks community. I want to know how it started, how it's going, the, the podcast. I'd love to know a little bit more about that. So could you tell us um, when did it start? What, what inspired you to start the hashtag and the community? So yeah, it was a couple of years ago, but it started as a completely different hashtag. It started as Tiny Voice Tuesday Unites. Oh, yeah. Um and and it started because I was I'd like to say that I felt inspired, but I didn't, I felt annoyed. Um <laughs> because I just felt that on Twitter the larger voices were often heard and I would put a tweet out and no one would respond. And I felt frustrated and I felt and I, I began connecting with a few others that also felt frustrated. So I just thought, do you know what? On a Tuesday, why not have a hashtag, which is rather like a community for people with quieter voices that just want to get to know other educators, want to be heard, want to have their voice heard, but also want to connect with others. So it was rather like, you know, a little community center. Um, And you would join in my pinned tweet and, you know, say hi and your name. And it grew and it weirdly, I started it, I think, three weeks before the first lockdown. And it was an amazing way for educators to connect over the lockdowns. And at its height, I think 500, you know, 500, 550 people were joining each week. Mm. Um, And then I was asked in the August if I wanted to start a podcast. And I said, oh, no, no. And um, 
it was Carl McCarthy, and he said, uh, you know, and he was one of the people, one of what I would call the tinies on the, the hashtag. And he said, you know, I'm really happy. I'll edit it. I'll do all of this stuff, you know, but it would give you a chance to have the voices of tiny people heard more. And I thought, well, okay, let's let's give this a go. So I began to interview the quieter, the quieter voices in education and anyone that wants their voice heard can come on the podcast, you know, so it's not sort of a, you know, I go out and, and seek people as such. I, I <laughs> do ask the odd person to come on, but on the whole, most people that come on say, can I just come on and have my voice heard? And so the podcast started to take off. And um, then my very good friend, John McGee, the kindness coach, um, who's got more business acumen than me, um, basically said, Tori, it's really confusing. You've got a hashtag in one name. You've got a podcast in another name. You've got all sorts of things going on. It's so confusing for everyone. Why don't you just streamline everything and just basically have the hashtag tiny voice talks? And I thought, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> that makes more sense to just have the same hashtag, the same podcast, everything the same, because otherwise it's terribly confusing. And so in January 2021, I renamed the Tiny Voice Talks Unites um, hashtag to Tiny Voice Talks. And that's what you have every Tuesday, hashtag Tiny Voice Talks, my pinned tweet. And it's a way for educators to come together and not just educators, but anyone involved in education. So authors, illustrators, coaches, anyone that is involved in that educational arena is able to come in and just say hi and connect with others. And the podcast has just gone from strength to strength. And I've interviewed so many amazing people on it that I just, I'm blown away sometimes by the amount of things that I I learn from my guests, like you, when you (laughs) came on, you know, I learned so much and I go away from every single episode going, right, that's amazing. I've learned this. Yeah. So that's sort of where we are. And then there is a book at the, um, that's sort of in the, in the making at the moment as well. So it's going to be a book, you know, Tiny Voice Talks. So it's an, a phenomenal, really. Well, fantastic. How, how much can you say about the book or not much at yeah, this well, point? It's, it's, so the book is the voices of many educators right. discussing. So basically from early years, right the way up to further education. Um, talking about lots and lots of different fields of education. So it's sort of tiny voices talk rather than tiny voice talks because it's lots of voices. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it, it's wonderful to have so many different voices talking about doing so many different things. So, for example, um, one person writes about period education and about Mm. how important it is for us to understand, you know, periods from the point of view of the young people that we are teaching. Um, And, you know, disability is is, is written about by someone. I mean, I could go into all of the different areas that are touched, but it's just... What I love about the book is that you move from chapter to chapter, voice to voice, and every single person is writing about something that is truly pertinent Mm -hmm. to all educators. 
And what I, what I love, as I say, is it's a myriad of voices. It's not a book that's aimed to early years or a book that's aimed to, um, you know, further education. It's got in there about coaching, which is, you know, necessary for all educators. And again, it's not just for teachers, it's for leaders. And it's, and that's what I love about it. It's, I've read it a number of times now, because of course I've had to do quite a lot um, to get it ready and it's sitting with the publishers at the moment um and it's yeah it feels very special sam mm. to be able to again lift more voices up yeah it must be so great there's something that you can hold in your hand that's kind of a an embodiment of everything you stand for isn't it raising these these yeah. others voices and your passion for inclusivity and and coaching as well and just to, to put that all together and like you said when you get the individuals that are so passionate about their specific field yeah. that's where we can learn so much isn't it um about whatever area to, it is so oh that's so exciting it's fantastic yeah it, it is and I think you know I do have um a large platform now mm-hmm. and I want to use that large platform as much as I can to raise those voices because it I really, truly believe that if we listen to one another, we will learn so much. And one of the reasons I moved into the coaching arena was I realized that, you know, people need to be heard. Mm. Actually, we need to, and that also from a mental health well-being makes us feel so much better. You know, when we are being heard, we feel that we matter. Yeah. And that really changes things. You know, if everyone in the world listened to everyone else in the world, God, what an amazing world we'd live in. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be going through some of the things that we're going through at the moment, would we? For sure. No. No, it's it's so true. And most people just want to be heard, don't they? That, that is our only wish to be heard and not necessarily yeah. to, to get advice. They don't maybe don't want to hear your opinion, actually, but they just want you to listen to them and that is a um, something that I'm working on as well. I think, like most of us, to to be a better listener and just to be there for anyone, friends, family, just as a as a friendly ear whenever they need it. Um, it's so important, like you said. So, you mean you're creating that platform for it, which is which is fantastic. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, active listening is something that is so hard to do truly listening to another person truly allowing our brain to switch in a sense to switch off what we're going to say next which is what I didn't do there a minute ago um you know but actually just allowing ourselves to sit and listen and I find that when I'm interviewing and I find that when I'm coaching I can do that Mm. and it feels you know as much as I'm gifting someone else with me listening I feel that actually I'm probably receiving a lot more because whenever I walk out of one of those conversations I feel so much better because I've truly heard that other person yeah yeah it's a real skill isn't it um that takes practice but Mm. it's well worth it like you said that active listening not just waiting for your moment to contribute and say how it applies to your life just just listening it's a skill and it's kind of one that we can jump between isn't it sometimes of course we want that back and forth quick conversation Mm. but other times it's just the 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 listening ear yes absolutely 
And the podcast, like you said, just going from strength to strength, like I've seen you, the, the huge variety of guests that you've had, the huge number of downloads and the, mm. the audience. It's brilliant. Are there any uh, particular favorite episodes that you've recorded? I'm not going to say that there are any particular favorites because <laughs> I, I couldn't say that one voice is more important than the other. I've just loved the variety of conversations yeah. that I've had because I have had bigger names like Pi Corbett on there. And I love chatting to Pi. You know, I've known Pi now for a number of years and I always find our conversations absolutely brilliant. Um, and I've also, you know, I've talked to other people, um, uh, you know, like, for example, um, Bronte, you know, Bronte's been on a couple of times. She's a very, very tiny voice, but with a lot to, lot of really powerful things to say. And mm. I could go through every single episode of Hannah and go, oh yeah, and that one's like this, and that one's like this, and that one. Because it doesn't matter whether the voice is big or small. What matters is that each of them are talking with absolute passion about something mm. that really, really matters to them. Um, and that that really is, yeah, I'm trying to think of the right words, sorry, which is why I'm pausing. But it's so powerful yeah. because I sit there fully engaged with that person because they're talking about their passion. You know, Verity talked about being enough, you know, and that's something I think that I don't know about you, but I, I don't always feel enough. I don't know how many of your listeners always feel enough. But to actually have the courage to go on someone's podcast and talk about being enough it takes immense courage, actually. And that's what I find a lot of the people that come on my podcast, it's the first time they're coming on a podcast, it's the first time they're really opening up. They're allowing themselves to be fully vulnerable. And actually, when I'm listening to them and I'm interviewing them, I feel like it, it's such a gift holding that vulnerability. And then when they're being, you know, when I'm putting out that podcast for others to hear, so powerful, it really is. Mm. So no, there's not, there's not a favorite. I think every single one is a favorite for lots of different reasons. Yeah, no, sorry, that was an unfair question, wasn't it? But I just thought I'd <laughs> poke you a little bit, <laughs> prod you, see what you might say. Um, but no, absolutely. And to to hold that space for people is is vital. And especially in a time like we've been through over the past couple of years where maybe we haven't been mm. able to meet physically and and be as open as we'd like to and recognising the importance of being open and being vulnerable because mm. otherwise you can kind of quickly feel quite isolated and lonely, can't you? And so yeah. these conversations are absolutely vital because the only way we can get our friends and family to open up and be vulnerable is if we set that example and, and if we give them the opportunity by us being vulnerable and also saying to them, you know, how are you? No, no, really, how are you? Are you really okay? Is there anything you want mm. to, to talk about? And that, that can only happen. They, these changes can only happen if the, the space is created, which is what you're yeah. doing. So brilliant. Amazing. Well, it's so exciting to hear about the book, um, the podcast. It's, it's so cool to see the variety of guests and how that's going from strength to strength. And right at the start, you mentioned the hashtag as well. And I think that has yeah. been a, it's been a real source of, of community, hasn't it? And support for lots of people. So on kind of, there's two aspects of it from what I can see that it's, yes, it's giving a voice to people that 
have got something they're really passionate about and we can learn mm. from but also it's given people just somewhere to check in hasn't it and yeah. and get to know people and that means I'm, I'm sure there's been lots of people that have made friends with each other haven't they since that hashtag and then maybe oh you've met God, up in person yeah it's, yeah it's insane how many people <laughs> say oh yeah I met so and so through tiny voice talks because the the difference with tiny voice talks to other hashtags was I really encouraged the community's the community aspect yeah. don't just come on and follow people but come on connect talk say hi and actually that then built up friendships and I love it I really yeah. do um you know and I've I've been involved in a couple of um meetups in real life but anyone that meets me in real life will realize that I'm significantly quieter in real life than I am on podcast I'm actually I, I get really nervous about meeting people so I, I'm super quiet in real life um, until I get to know people but it's it's been so lovely meeting people and getting to know people that I've just known through the hashtag the other day I, I was with Matt Deshane and it's really funny because someone said how did you meet and we said oh tiny voice talks and it's and actually I know him so well virtually but mm, it's bizarre yeah. meeting him in real life it's like oh Yes, you know, yeah. different. No, it's great. It's great. It's just, I wonder if we'll have a, a Tiny Voice Talks marriage anytime soon. Oh, that would be couple, amazing. That would be good, wouldn't it, if there's any couples that have met through it? Oh, I'd love I, that. You have to let us know um, if that does happen. <laughs> Spreading lots of love and positivity in the world. That's what we want. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Toria, thank you so much for giving some of me your your time this afternoon. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, um, catch up. Um, we were talking for quite a while, actually, weren't we, before we press record, which is always yeah. nice to have a bit of a catch up and see how you are. And that's fantastic. But yeah, thank you for, for sharing a bit of your story at the beginning of this episode. And also thank you for telling us a little bit more about your, your podcast and, and the book that's going to be coming out and all the exciting things that are uh, happening. So if you haven't already connected with Toria, make sure you do. Um, as you know, there's a couple of questions that I like to ask at the end of my podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Now, one of them, I talk about three tips to thrive. And I feel like we've already gone over lots of little tips, haven't we? We've talked about overnight yeah. oats and batch cooking and cooling down your room and getting into routine for sleep and all these fantastic um, little pieces of advice. But if there's any um, little piece of advice that you'd like to round off the conversation with, and that can be as broad as you like, but have you got your three tips to thrive that you'd like to share? <laughs> I do. Good. The first one is your health comes first, physical and mental. So always prioritise your health. Second one, use your voice, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that. Really important, use your voice and make sure you, 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 know, you let people know what you need. And thirdly, do what makes you happy. You only live, live once. So don't live your life to please the rest of the world. Do what makes you happy. And the likelihood is it will impact on others. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Doing those things that we enjoy just yeah. gives us energy, doesn't it? And then we it can absolutely does. irradiate that energy. And it's funny that you mentioned, oh, I really like that last tip. It's funny that you mentioned it because in my, I've got a little notebook, you know, I don't, I don't journal particularly. I haven't, I've, I've dabbled in the past, but I don't yeah. really regularly journal. But what I do do is set out my day and kind of give myself some time frames. Um, 
And just the other day, I, I wrote underneath my day in big cap- capital letters, enjoy yourself, uh, wow. exclamation point, exclamation point, underline it. Because I just, sometimes I catch myself and I realize I'm just kind of, I'm going through the motions and, you know, maybe mm. I'm going to the gym and maybe I'm meeting up with people and, and things all, all, you know, I'm incredibly lucky. I have a, a fantastic life. I really enjoy myself. I'm very happy. But sometimes I'm maybe just doing things for the sake of doing them and, yeah. and I'm not just having fun, like you said. And I, I think we need to schedule time for fun sometimes, don't we? And we need to just just yeah. play and just block out a bit of time and just say, enjoy yourself in this period of time. Play, you know, from two till three, whatever it is, just play, have fun, do whatever you like. So I really like that last tip as well as the other two as well. <laughs> and right, well, the, the final question that I like to ask is, what's that one lesson that you wish you had been taught as a child? I wish I'd been taught to believe in myself. It's mm. taken many, many years um, and I would say only now at the age of 50, do I finally believe in myself? And that's taken a really long time. And I've always looked to external sources for affirmation. Mm-hmm. I've always looked for others to go, oh, you know, you're, you're doing well, well done, you know. Um, and actually, I didn't feel that internal belief. And that's what I wish. I wish I'd learnt that internal belief because I do see children that I teach that have it. So yeah. I know children can learn it at an early stage. It just was a lesson that passed me by. Yeah. And you're right. It It is a lesson, isn't it? And it's something that we yeah. have to almost teach ourselves and we we yeah. can look to others for that guidance. I think it's almost... This, you know, one of life's big journey and that spiritual journey to go on to let go of yeah. the external and oh I need this and oh I'm in such a bad mood because this person said something or they didn't say this thing and I, I should have got that praise that I wanted and actually as as we get older we realize it's it's from within isn't it and and if we believe in ourselves and can feel sure of ourselves then you're kind of you're unstoppable aren't you <laughs> yeah I think, yeah, it, but it's it just takes time. It really does. Yeah. And it's funny because it's a, something I pass on to all my children. I, I've got this sign that says believe in gold letters um, on my desk. But I just, yeah. So anyone out there that's not believing in themselves, work on it because it's a work really, really, it. really important lesson. Definitely, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Okay, right. Well, thank you for sharing that at the end as well. Thank you for, for joining me. Um Really enjoyed catching up with you, Toria. Um, Listeners that want to connect with you, where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, Twitter at Toria Clare, so T-O-R-I-A-C-L-A-I-R-E. Website, Tiny Voice Talks. If you just Google Tiny Voice Talks, you'll get the website up. You'll also get the podcast up, Tiny Voice Talks, and, you know, do listen to it. And if you think that actually you want your voice heard, you've got something about, you know, that you want to say, get in touch with me. Um, You'll see links on the website to get in touch with me. You'll also see, you know, you can also contact me via Twitter, but do get in touch. I love chatting to everyone. So please feel free. Love it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. I can't wait. I really can't, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thank you again to Toria for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation all about the changes that Toria has made. 
please get in touch with either of us if you'd like to let us know that you're making some changes yourself whether that's to do with nutrition or sleep or any aspect of lifestyle that you might be looking at making some changes in and of course if you haven't already then do follow Toria on Twitter get in touch with her tune into her podcast as well she's had a great range of guests there's sure to be an episode that you will really really enjoy if you did find the conversation useful today please remember to share with friends family and colleagues and also you can like the episode and give the show a follow as well if you haven't already done so okay thanks for tuning in and i'm going to be bringing you another episode of the podcast very soon